Hello, everybody, and welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here, and I'm joined by Don, as usual. And today we have a very special guest, Felix Biederman from the Chapo Trap House. And uh, we're going to be talking about faith and humor and how those things are actually a lot more similar than they might first appear. Uh, Felix and I have talked a little bit about this in private, and we thought it would make a good topic of discussion today. So for further ado, I want to just thank our sponsors, Palantir. Uh, it's a pop and pop security organization that uses cutting edge technology to do surveillance, data collecting, all that kind of stuff. So whether you're a small business owner or a dictator of a third world country, please consider Palantir for all your security and data collection needs. I've I've been working with Palantir for five years now, coincidentally since the podcast started, and <laughs> I have learned an incredible amount about my listeners, about my enemies, about my allies, and it has improved the quality of my life immeasurably. They're not even a sponsor anymore. I just <laughs> like the product, and I like the guys who make it. Yeah, thanks for hooking us up with them. Of course. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I guess the uh, I'll just introduce the idea uh, that we were going to talk about. So I guess it first started off just talking about jokes. I made this tweet a while ago that you said you you kind of think about from time to time where I said something along the lines of like getting a joke or making jokes is sort of a way of understanding other people and of like actually finding truth in some kind of way like feel very corny talking about it and, and saying it but i do think it's true like if 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 you make a joke about something and someone else laughs at it it says something to each of you like it means that you were able to see their perspective there's sort of this jump over like having to explain yourself having to kind of go through like definitions of things like it there's almost like this instantaneous connection that happens where you just get it you know and um, I think faith kind of works the same way. There's a sort of intuitive process there so that when you and another person have an understanding of God or something like that, that uh, it it bridges gaps that I think are otherwise pretty difficult to get over. Yeah, that, that thing you said about um, humor is sort of like a way that we understand each other. You said it like two or three years ago, and it always stuck out to me a lot. It was very, it was, I think I read it at exactly the right time. It was sort of in a, a stage for me where I had, um, I definitely, you know, before this, I definitely had more your opinions about humor and sort of the limits of humor. And then I would say like after the show sort of blew up, I, I, I sort of thought like, okay, I really have to tone it down now, whether it was just like fear of like, losing whatever like opportunity or like getting our patreon taken away i couldn't say the same things i used to even if i don't think they were like that wild and like oh i don't i don't like it when people are like oh this made me really sad and then when i saw that it sort of there were a lot of things that sort of like made me rediscover you know i don't want to i don't want to put a ton of stock into it and make it sound like i'm doing something very important but i generally really like what I do and I like, you know, making things that people find funny and that they enjoy, that they look forward to. And I sort of remembered that, you know, the defense of jokes, it isn't just that they're jokes. Oh, they're just jokes. It's that a joke done well in the way that you describe it, done in the way where people feel something when they get it is – it's very beautiful mm -hmm. and it really it really does bridge a lot of people and not everyone's gonna like every joke and that's okay that's life and that uh it really sort of made me I, there was like a year a year period where i kind of uh didn't quite love what i was doing and it sort of it was one of the few things that sort of made me like it again and i i uh yeah, no, it's one of my favorite insights I've ever heard about humor. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the power of tweeting, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's cool. I, I, I think the the idea of like people not liking a joke, it still kind of applies. Like they, they might be able to understand it and not like it. Like understanding someone <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean you like them, you know? But I, I think that there is some kind of like 
common humanity that you can find and you know you don't necessarily need to like the other person and what they're about or what they're thinking or something but if you can understand them i think that's a little bit better than just finding them repulsive to the point where you can start to like dehumanize them and and stuff like that you know so yeah even like off-color jokes or jokes that are like in really bad taste or whatever like if that's something that offends you that's it's still like a a positive thing that that exists you know it's still like a, a a form of communication that that works in ways that other ways don't you know yeah absolutely yeah it's very special it's it's um i i mean you you said it like i don't think that there's anything that's close to that level of mutual understanding and sort of an unspoken wavelength except for faith like, yeah, no, you put that perfectly. I do think that there's this uh, strange thing, though, where you need that you need that little bit of interaction where it's like you need to know there's goodwill there, at least. Like, you need to know yeah. something. And I think that's really what's changed, I feel like, in the last year or so or maybe more, where I feel like uh, more people are not giving that initial goodwill kind of thing where yes. they're not willing to kind of take that uh, thing and... Because they either don't have the context or there's some there's some new kind of way that people are interacting where it's like they're getting ready to jump on someone for something. So it's funny because a lot of the podcasts and stuff that I listen to, you know, like Come Town or something like that, where it's very, very easy if you don't if you don't have that kind of basic level of goodwill to just see it as a negative thing that is somehow corrosive or something like that to goodwill or something like that but it's it's funny because i don't really think that's the it, to me it's you know i the most i feel connected to other people is is laughing about things that maybe maybe don't fit with the sort of standard you know what you're gonna see on tv every day or something like that kind of thing right so i'm mm-hmm. not sure yeah yeah because it, it's connecting you to that per- like you're, you're sharing a point of view you're sharing like an idea in a way that you're able to grasp that a lot better than like if they just explained something to you, you know, like if they just kind of walked you through like, oh, well, I was thinking about this thing and it kind of seems like it's like this and like that. If you make a joke about it, it's just a magical kind of thing. You laugh and then all of a sudden it just all of the the lights in your brain to kind of understand that concept just fire, you know, and it, it, all of a sudden you just get it. And yeah. I, I, I don't know, I think that's really special that it's almost like a kind of form of telepathy or something, you know, it's like mind reading. It's, it's really crazy. Yeah. And I think it, I think it's particularly, uh, I think it particularly apt for both of you guys, because both of your, both of you, like you both like telling jokes that, uh, they assume a lot of the reader or the person hearing it. Mm. They, it, it not just assumes like a sort of like the basic level of knowledge or, just contextual awareness but that they'll be able to they'll have the interpersonal faith to think that you know okay don really isn't like a hindu nationalist or, <laughs> or like yeah. you know uh that like you don't yeah you don't really think that um saudi arabia is the is the exemplar of a marxist leninist right. economy mm-hmm. or that like you know you don't think someone should carry you, you know, for for Tom that someone shouldn't carry you on a palanquin and say it twice. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's that is a lot of that is a lot of faith you're investing into a person, and I I I do think what Don said is right that there is less generosity in that way now, and I think like yeah, no, there are a lot of times where people are legitimately offended, and that's you know that's the right as much as it is any of ours to tell the joke right sure mm-hmm. that's you can't do anything about that you you have no control really over what hits someone's limits most people have them even if they claim to have none but i think there's another type of thing where there's just automatically no faith given to anyone mm-hmm. because i mean part of it is very recent where it's like everyone's been inside all the time looking at the same shit living the exact same life not remembering it even and it's like, yeah, you just, you, you, uh, it reminds me of a phrase that Nick used on Come Town when he was doing the character of the, 
sort of a closeted Italian man who is depressed but didn't know how to describe it. He said self-pissed. <laughs> but I think that's really what it is. It's self-pissed. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, you know, you wake up every day and you, you, you know, your hair is all on one side of your head and you want to go unfuck it up. But it's like, who even cares? Who's going to see me? A bunch of people on like a work Zoom that like <laughs> I just yeah. I there's no sexuality or anything in my life anymore. Who gives a shit? I'm going to eat the same like shitty like wet lunch every fucking day. That's the wrong temperature in all the wrong ways. Who fucking cares? And even if there is, you know, assuredly some type of future you don't feel as though there's one. So, yeah, of course, you're going to give people less faith. But I think far before that, that's been happening because it is an addictive it's an addictive feeling to catch somebody Mm -hmm. it's it feels good you know when you really do catch someone when someone really is being like you know fucking awful or dishonest or greedy and you 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 catch them flat-footed it does feel nice but you know i think a lot of people think they are addicted to the morality of that but it really it just like it feels good to make someone uncomfortable in a way mm-hmm. or to or to just like, you know, turn it around on somebody. And there has been a general lowering in, in trust and faith in other people just as far as like what can be accepted as a joke. Mm-hmm. I think there's a weird kind of like inverse thing going on with all that, like the whole cancel culture stuff where I think there's a sense of like a movement or something that people are a member to when they get involved with that kind of stuff, like being outsized in your outrage about something and like trying to get people fired and stuff. There's a feeling that like there's hundreds or thousands of other people doing the same thing. It's changing the world in some kind of way. You're having an impact. And I think it, in a weird way, it mirrors this thing that we were talking about with, with humor where like you can understand that there's all these other people having that same perspective and that feels good. Right. In the same way that like, sharing a joke yeah. feels good but I, I don't think that's a healthy way to do it in the same way that like certain kinds of jokes are are kind of like negative too like it's not necessarily a good thing if like hitler and mussolini are making jokes together you know that's not necessarily right. like a, you know a positive kind of communication going on but yeah i i don't, I don't know uh i not to put like too much of like a righteous like fighting the good fight kind of spin on it but i do feel like feeling free to make jokes and and stuff like that that like you were saying kind of uh, assume a lot of good faith on the part of the audience and and the people that you're joking with i think that's like a, a very important thing to do in times like this like it it's important to kind of like maintain the faith in in the sense of like that other people are like they will be able to get it and know that like not everyone is some kind of enemy. Not everyone is like this hostile force you need to like dominate and keep under your heel, you know, so that they're they're not mm-hmm. threatening you and that kind of stuff. So like making jokes like that that are that seem like, okay, well, this person's being racist or whatever. You know, if, if you think about it for more than two seconds, you're like, oh, this is this is just a joke. I don't know. I think I don't want to say important, but I think it's a it's a good thing to do even if it's just for you to kind of think that like yeah people are still good out there you know like there's there's kind of like an optimistic kind of uh faith that you want to have about that i think yeah i always think about i mean we're talking about sort of like the bad type of jokes and i think there is a bad type of joke and there's also a joke that's like a uh you know very popular where it is like false understanding Hmm. and you know that's like you know tweet decker shit that's like uh oh yeah yeah you know uh, that feeling when you're on the porch and mm-hmm. it's yeah. cold out uh, like algorithm generated <laughs> relatability kind of stuff that shit's so evil i found yeah. one of those accounts that's like an obli- a glitched oblivion npc the other day and it really freaked me out <laughs> i just hit my mids pen and it was like oh i wish i didn't look at this but uh yeah i mean i went down kind of a rabbit hole with those with all the twitter official hr accounts and stuff like all the yeah. twitter open and you know twitter blackbirds and all that where they're they're uh very it's it's very bizarre because i i just imagine them all in their like you know i guess now they're not in a physical office but you know I just imagine them all in some expensive office all sitting around and then they have to like ever so often write something that's like uh you know that feel when it's sunday or something and 
they're just making, you know, all of them are making six figures doing this and just uh, felt very like, I don't know, like that David Graeber kind of like, uh, you know, fake jobs, shit jobs kind of stuff where it's just like, I don't know, just, just, it seems like horrifying in some way that that's what, you know, that's what content oh my, production yeah. is, so... I, I think that every time, like, have you seen all those Netflix accounts? Like, yeah. Netflix has, like, 50 accounts that are, like, <laughs> yeah. Netflix open, Net, Netflix Netflix Polynesian, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Netflix retired Jewish guy, and there is all, <laughs> yeah. every day, shit that's, like, you are so valid, it's insane. If you, yeah. if you take off your jeans and there are, like, red marks <laughs> on your waist from, you know, from the jeans being too tight, that's beautiful. I love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like this is the most like someone's like clocking in to do that. Yeah. There, there's someone who's like they have all the experiences of a human where it's like oh they're like hungover or they're uh, they they, <laughs> yeah. they just like oh they had a fight with their girlfriend and yeah or or they're like oh they they missed a bill and they're having fucked up anxiety about that or yeah. they they had some weird conversation with their parents and they're just going in with all the like bad feeling you have working any job that you hate that you don't see a road out of and getting on there and just being like um good morning to especially to substitute teachers yeah yeah. (laughs) it's just like so artificially (laughs) like optimistic i mean that's always been an american culture i feel like it's sort of like hollow pointless optimism but it's sort of especially disturbing with these. Yeah. Well, I was I was looking at some of the old Twitter accounts and how it's got this whole like infrastructure of like you got to think that like Twitter has like opinions about things then kind of thing or like Netflix Yeah. Whatever. And uh they had like a, they have like a Twitter Stripes which is the military account and they were uh they were like they had a post that was like, you know, we we value the service of those who fought in Vietnam and all this kind of stuff and I was like so it's like it's like Twitter's official position that the Vietnam War was heroic or something. I don't know. It's just like a like there's got to be some HR guy sitting there just typing up all these opinions. Like this is what we think about. You know, never post this in favor of the Marines because we're more of an army type of people or something. Yeah, I don't know. Very bizarre. I don't know. I know what you. Yeah, I know what you mean because there is like this. It's like the flood from Halo where there's this, like, super editorial voice that's, like, if you search far and wide enough, you will find, like, weird contradictory things in it. But it is all sort of the same voice where it's, like, uh, you know, it'll be, like, some, like, sort of, like, social justice thing that I, like, you know, basically agree with or whatever. And then it'll be, like, uh, something where it's, like... um, how about, you know, instead of going to the gym, you, like, jack off in a clawfoot bathtub. Not literally that. You know, something like <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. where it's, like, be nice to yourself. And then it's, like, yeah, thank God for our veterans who invaded Granada. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. I like to imagine that yeah. the people writing this are, like, you know, 18-year-old guys in india in mumbai or something they don't really know english but they know all of this like this is the english they know so yeah they're talking their like native language and then like they switch into english for this you know and every once in a while they get mad and they start telling people you are valid you are very valid (laughs) yeah yeah. that is there has to be so many guys like that because it's like they're like i mean everyone's like you know, met someone who like basically like learned English from listening to, to talk radio or something. There were a lot of like, I've heard many different stories of like different immigrants who like liked Rush Limbaugh because that's how they learned English. Sure. B- which I guess is just as dark as this. It's just yeah. as dark as learning it from like, you know, the Amazon Prime account or, <laughs> sure. you know, single moms who are students. Yeah. yeah. But, but at least Rush was like a human being or, mm-hmm. or, approximated one like you know like like a lot of the you know we were talking about like jokes that go too far or like kind of bad jokes or whatever that kind of thing and there's certain people that are like persona non grata in the like media space that i i still like to listen to every now and again like gavin mcginnis even if they have opinions and ideas that i i don't agree with i think are detestable or whatever to see them like joke and to make real jokes like Gavin is a very funny guy, even though I, I think he's his politics are like atrocious, but he's hilarious, you know, and he I, I've always thought that he's very funny. 
So he makes real jokes, you know, they're not these kind of like algorithm generated fake things. So you still can connect to the human being there, you know, and um, I don't know. I find that uh, like a good feeling to see that, you know, even if um, I don't think it's a good thing to view people who disagree with you politically all the time as as just like, no, they don't have humanity. You know, I, I don't think that's like a productive thing. I've never. Yeah, I I mean. It's a, sort of a shame that this movie became, like, such a sort of middle-period meme and was run into the ground so much. But that is, I mean, weirdly enough, that's why I love the movie Downfall. Mm-hmm. I think that movie is so good, uh, and it's Bruno Ganz does such an amazing job as Hitler. But it's good because it's the only portrayal I'd ever seen of Hitler that was, it's like, no, he's just, like, a fucked-up guy. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like... There is a concept and reality of evil and stuff, but, like, when someone is evil or commits evil acts, they don't just, like, they don't just stop being a person. They have all the, like, neuroses and, like, uh, everything good, like, superficially good or bad about being a human, you you kind of see it in them. Right. And I think, like, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think they're, like, there were like some more conservative guys I I used to really like listening to like I I, I think we all listened to Opie and Anthony and there were guys oh, like yeah. Nick DiPaolo that I found very funny yeah you know, not so much anymore not so much anymore yeah and, but... and now it it's sad yeah well because they have the same problem that like the liberal comedians yes have, exactly like, yeah it used to be you're telling the joke and then maybe you get your point and now it's like you have to get your point in and then the joke is sort of secondary yeah mm-hmm. and it's like they they have this they have the same same view of like you know the whoever they're mad at like fucking you know drag queen drag queen uh library thing right mm-hmm. that like you know a, a lib does about like whatever like fucking thing that they're gonna forget in one week or less yeah it's mm-hmm. crazy how much that cycles through they get so mad about it and then th- two three days later and it's it's the truth for the left and the right, you know. Like it, it's always just like this very short burst of outrage. It's the most important thing, and then it disappears, and everyone forgets. Yeah, no, I like. That's the only time I get yelled at anymore. Is like not really anything I say. Like I'm trying sometimes. I'm. Tr- I was really trying with the drunk driving thing, and no one yelled at me. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping I would get like tweet decked. I was hoping that like, you know, just one of those accounts that no one I know follows that has like twenty thousand followers will be like. This is seriously what white men are doing. <laughs> it's yeah. like 500,000 faves. I really wanted that, but mm-hmm. it never happened for me. But yeah, it only happens when I'm like defending someone or being like, well, what the fuck? Like the Matt Brunig thing. Yeah. I got yelled at a, a lot that day because I was like, none of you are going to remember this in even like three days. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. were like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's true. Yeah. Can you remember the last thing you were mad at Matt Brooding about? Like, maybe you probably, like, remember that you don't like him, but you don't remember what it was because it's, like, you don't give a shit. <laughs> like, no one gives a shit. It's just, like, this is just the thing you catch somebody, like, flat-footed on with, like, the least charitable interpretation. Sure. Yeah. And, like, that is just totally secondary to any type of... You don't even have to find him funny at all. Like, everyone has different tastes, but it's just, like... That now, like, just, like, finding the thing you get mad about for, like, seven hours is now paramount to, like, something you organically enjoy with your friends. You're either, like, doing that or it's just, like, a sort of, like, yeah, everyone posts, like, the algorithm now. Just some, like, plug-and-play thing with, like, a picture of Guy Fieri. And it's, like, you know, it's the the stimulus on Friday for me. Mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't depress like that isn't that's very depressing to me yeah that was the angriest uh anyone got uh yeah got at me uh online was uh that matt brunig thing i got like a lot of like people calling me a white supremacist and stuff and i don't know i feel like yeah there's a few i it you you can't really get too mad about it just because it's like you know it's just uh i don't know you know that they're just plugging you into their little algorithm thing it's like yeah it's it's like, like as impersonal as it can be like (laughs) yeah i think this is like so there is like this there's this like type of like bad viral tweet where it's like 
or not it was probably funny the first time someone did it but it's like uh you know oh we we thought we were gonna use the internet to learn everything but we're you know look how crazy we are we're uh we're photoshopping the the fucking gritty into the inauguration Mm -hmm. how i'm spending my saturday or whatever yeah and just you know plug and play that for whatever you know subculture of the flood hive mind sure. and you know whether it's like conservative or apolitical or whatever marvel people uh but i really do think and i've always thought this that like the cool thing about using the internet in this way where you're telling jokes with people that you meet is like the very wide variety of people that you meet and you relate yeah. to yeah, like sure. i I, yeah, it's been – I've always thought that was incredibly cool. Just like, yeah, meeting – like there are so many people I know through this who I would have never met like in my life otherwise. And mm-hmm. I would have never met if I had just like had, you know, just, you know, only played video games online or like only like read the fucking news or whatever. Sure. It's a genuinely very cool thing about it. And it's not like – I don't think it's necessarily world-changing but I think it's always a positive thing when you meet people you wouldn't have otherwise met and sort of not just find a common ground through humor, through things you think are interesting, but sort of create a new thing out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that is – that's sadly going away because there's less generosity yeah. in mm-hmm. how we view each other. Whether it's like – I mean even like – I know, yeah, this isn't just like a – you know, oh, uh, the left takes jokes too seriously. It's like, no, that's everyone. That's just the entire political. That's it's not even political. That's just the thing you do now, regardless of what you believe or regardless of what political stripe you identify as. That's just the main thing because it feels good to like you know participate in this thing with everybody, mm-hmm. and you have that instead, but no actual understanding. Yeah, so, yeah, I think when you get a joke, you kind of laugh with somebody you the good in that you're personifying that like you're identifying the humanity in someone basically you're you're connecting with that when it's the other way when it there's someone makes a joke and you you kind of see that as like indicative of some kind of evil or some kind of negative thing that you don't like i think it's wrong to personify that and to say that person is evil i think like i i believe in the like the basic goodness of humanity you know so like if i can find humanity in someone that is just a good part of them it, it might kind of be rough around the edges. It might kind of not be perfect or never will be perfect, but humanity at its core is like a good thing. The, the evil of a, a joke or whatever that you, I think we want, I think we should take that away from the, like the humanity and the joke or the evil of the joke or whatever it is it should be separated. So like if someone makes a joke that you hate or says something that you think like, Oh, well this means they're racist or something like that racism is the bad thing the person is not the bad thing like they're maybe making a joke or something but like they're not even hurting anybody you know so uh what they're trying to do is connect to other people and and you cannot like the people they're connecting with maybe you don't like the community they're building or whatever but human beings connecting with each other is, is just like a good thing in general i think yeah and it can obviously be used for bad like they're definitely yeah, jokes that are told with, like, malicious intent. Mm-hmm. But, like, I generally, like, when I see something that's, like, you know, maybe outside the purview of what I would say, it's I still try to generally read that charitably. Like, this person is just trying to have fun. I, I, I like, I would rather err to that side then just think everything is told with like pure malicious intent and it's it's very interesting that it's very easy to tell you know it, mm-hmm. it, i think it's actually very easy like in an intuitive way to understand when someone is trying to just make a funny and when someone is using that as cover to you, you know to like be a bad thing you know to do a bad thing you know what i mean like i, I don't know how that works but i i think that we do have enough sense of Perhaps just because we are human beings, we can recognize when another human being is doing that. You know, it's just something you pick up on very subtle little details and things that kind of tell you like, oh, this person is just trying to be funny. And to repress that down and to kind of be like, no, there are rules about what you can and can't joke about and all that kind of stuff. I think that's a very negative thing. Well, I think we can identify it because I think like 
you know, no one's perfect, and we've all we've all done every bad thing that we've talked about. Like, sure. I've definitely like uncharitably interpreted people things people have said, like mostly knowing I'm doing it. Yeah, like whether you do it on the forum when you're a kid or like when you first get on Twitter, like everyone's probably done it to some extent, uh, uh, in a big or small way. Everyone's kind of done it because it's inescapable. It's just mm-hmm. sort of the thing people do. And everyone, I think everyone has also, like, told a joke without the intent of relatability. They just wanted to, like, make someone feel bad. Right. Mm-hmm. Everyone's done that. True. Everyone. Yeah. Uh, and that's, like, but that's, like, why I can't say that it, like, always makes someone mm-hmm. evil. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, that's just... I, I think there is this, like, yeah, hyperemphasis on the jokes that, like, people who do commit evil tell, where it's like, well, that person's, like, not evil because of their jokes. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's yeah, the other yeah. stuff. It's like, yeah. And someone can follow all the rules and be evil, you know? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think that there's a, there's, like, a second wrinkle or something there, though, where it's, like, you know, most of the jokes I tell when I do are, like, uh, I, I, you know, I just, I'm making fun of the debate most of the time, just kind of thing. I just think it's like a silly yeah. kind of thing. But at the same time, it's like, okay, uh, how often, you know, like, or how, how many times do I have to do that before I'm satisfied or something like that? Do you know what I mean? Like, a, like yeah. is there, there's some kind of like uh, itch there, obviously, where I see things and I get frustrated and I'm like, ah, I got to make some silly joke about this or something. And then it's like, yeah, but. I don't know, like, uh, is it is there something there that it's like negative in itself kind of thing where it's like, you know, I do I do feel like uh, it's I feel happy, like making people laugh or something like that. But it's also like, should you just uh, I don't know, like it's like uh, it just it feels strange to uh, just do that for like fun kind of thing or something, that, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. It just uh, there's something there where it's like uh, I think I think part of it is that it always seemed like uh, like bizarre to make money from jokes or something like that kind of thing. Like it just seems like a, like a strange type of uh, living or something. I don't know. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I get what you mean because yeah, like Mm -hmm. I've, I've definitely like gotten more into doing that and just like only like posting exactly what I want to post about. And I, I definitely like when I first got on here, when I was like 21 or 22, I thought there was some like purpose that like, even if it's just like making you know Jonah Goldberg feel bad, mm-hmm. some effect in the world, and I obviously like lost that illusion with time. But now, like I post a lot, and I really only post things that I you know personally make me happy. But there, yeah, it gets to a point where it's like, all right, what are we doing here? But I really just think it's being plugged in. It's yeah. just being plugged into this, no matter what your intent is even if your intent is just like pure mirthfulness and fun Mm -hmm. too much of anything's bad sure and being too too plugged into it even if you have the complete right attitude about it in every way which a lot of people do you're still plugged into this interface it's like kind of fucked up and kind of empty sure yeah, which doesn't it, it doesn't make it a useless act or sure. doesn't make it wasted time or doesn't make it bad, but it just it's too much of everything. Too much of anything is bad, mm-hmm. no matter how good you get at posting. Mm-hmm. Yeah the the Sunnah of the Prophet when it comes to joking and stuff, he he did make jokes. Like there was one hadith I was thinking about before we started recording that. You know, people talk about, oh, you couldn't make that movie these days. Well, you can't make this joke these days. Uh, he was in a market and he saw one of the Muslims, you know, like one of the early Muslims. And he kind of sneaks up behind him and like jumps on his back and kind of like grapples him a little bit. And then he starts calling out to the people in the market like, who wants to buy this slave? Who wants to buy this slave? <laughs> Joking that he's like selling <laughs> slaves. But what he means is like, we're all slaves of God. You know, like that was a way that. Uh, that we you know Muslims refer to each other so that it's interesting because it also follows one of the things he said about jokes which is like you can joke but you have to tell the truth you can't lie in the joke and that's taken very literally in that like if you're really strict about it you can't tell a joke where it's like 
the joke is that you're saying something you don't mean or that isn't true. You have to actually say the truth so that people don't get confused. But I kind of take that to mean you can't be deceptive in your jokes. Like if you're saying something, if someone were to get the joke, that that's a truth. That's you're not uh, you're not spreading some sort of falsehood, which is like an evil, right? Like we're talking about the ways that jokes can, can be bad. I think one way that you can do that is to, you know, spread the idea that, you know, some people are inferior because of their race or whatever, that kind of stuff. Like if it's really mean spirited in that kind of way, if, if you're making that kind of joke with the idea that we're all human, we're all, you know, the same, that kind of thing. I don't think that violates the spirit of it, even though maybe, maybe people would be saying that technically violates the Sharia on that. That's, that's very interesting. I, do you so do you feel so do you feel like how you interpret that I'm very interested in how you interpret that do you do you take that to mean like that when someone you know solves the equation of your joke that your intent is is clear to everyone or that there's a central point you're making I don't know I, I most jokes I make these days are really just this strikes me as funny, so I'm just going to share it. And yeah. it doesn't really go much beyond that. And so, like, it, I think the the ways that, that can go wrong is that if I, my initial thinking is wrong on that. So I just try to check my intentions. Like, am I trying to hurt somebody? Am, is it, am I acting out of some kind of negative feeling? Then I just don't post it. And so I feel pretty free to say really horrendous things because I, I'm I'm doing that check. I'm like, well, this is like a horrendous thing if you just take it literally or if you just look at the words on, that it makes it up. But the 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 intent behind it or like the feeling behind it is is not. It's just like fun, and I'm trying to just uh, share this fun idea so other people get a, a chuckle, you know. So, are are there any uh, jokes that's ever like prevented you from telling or like you know? delete or anything i i can't really think of any i i um feel like once it's out there it's out there and and uh, yeah. maybe maybe i, I uh, will feel bad about it later like i i don't do um i used to do more stuff on twitter where i would find someone saying something stupid and even if it was just like some random person with like 200 followers like a college student like just some random normie type person i would you know make fun of them and, and like call them out and kind of stuff i don't do that anymore i feel like that was in means you know a mean-spirited thing to do yeah but when it comes to like these more broad things like uh, the big no-nos you're not supposed to joke about I, that doesn't strike me as something i care to like really make sure I'm on the right side of, you know, I, I just kind of, yeah. if I think of a joke and it's, it's actually going to be something that you're not supposed to joke about or whatever. I don't really care. I'll still say it. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So Felix, do you have like uh still some sort of sense like that there's certain things you shouldn't be talking about or certain things that you can, things that might jeopardize future sort of projects and things like that? Like, do you still feel like, do you feel hummed in at all with that kind of stuff or is it just kind of you you kind of settled down and kind of just do whatever you want right now kind of thing? I would say like at this point, the only place I feel hemmed in is I mean, it's actually good because I shouldn't be sure. doing this this anyway. I'm too old now is when I'm like would be getting into a fight with somebody or like, you know, really, mm -hmm. you know, angrily arguing with somebody. I used to like be very fucking mean spirited. Mm -hmm. Like, very fucking cruel and vicious and, like, you know, just call them an ugly piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Say they should die. And it's like, yeah, I can't really do that anymore. Not, like, always necessarily because it would be bad for, like, a career thing. But just because sure. it's, like, it's fucking embarrassing for me to be, like, 30 and do that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, a 20-year-old. Yeah. Like, I shouldn't sure. do that. And, you know, there are times where it's, like, I've been upset at, uh, like there's someone like someone I'll just see is being like, you know, really fucking disgusting or awful. And I'll be like, I'll, I'll say something, but it's like, I will have that in the back of my mind. Like this isn't, you know, 2014 anymore. Yeah. Can't do that. Sure. Don't do that. And it is, it's definitely like, it's definitely caused me to like, 
you know, not engage with things after a certain point. But I, it's like generally a very good thing. Mm -hmm. It is, I am actually pretty happy about that. That has been an actual like very positive change in how I use online. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. is good. I think uh, one thing that is important about all this kind of stuff is like to have a strong sense of your own moral compass and Mm -hmm. to like be true to that. So going back to the question you had about like the Sunnah and stuff, I think that's maybe what I, what really is the core of that. Like how I kind of relate to that thing is like, I used to be very free, like dropping the N word in jokes and stuff. Like that's not something I say, like, I, I used to say that a lot more online than I would really ever say it in real life, just because saying it, it, it just feels bad to say, even if you're like, this is a really funny joke and I need to kind of say this word to make the joke work. But then you say it and you're like, that that just, I don't know, it makes me feel bad. Like it, it does make me feel bad to say it. So I've just stopped saying it, not because it's you know it's it's just not like it's such a no-no now that to say it unless you've kind of like built up a persona where that's a thing you say i I just don't do it because i don't like to say it you know what i mean it's it's not based on like the the kind of new rules that have been rolled out over the past few years and stuff it's 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 more about my moral compass and i think if you stay true to that you're not gonna run astray with that kind of thing you know because you can trust yourself and i think that's something that's been lost with all this kind of you know we've been talking about people like having less uh good faith about this kind of stuff i think people are being taught not to trust their own intuition about things and yeah and that's the real danger i think that's the really unhealthy part of this like if you can't trust yourself you're just gonna whatever someone tells you whatever like the kind of like big other commands or whatever that's developed by people that you probably shouldn't be listening to or you know they don't have your best interests at heart like that's that's uh going to be what ends up dictating your morals and whatnot and that's uh i don't think that's a good road to go down yeah it's a it's a terrible road to go down because it is at the end of the day it's just it's dictated by things that are beyond your control beyond the control of people that are saying it it's not even feeling at any point it's so divorced from humanity and it's uh, it sends you down a very dark road Mm -hmm. and you know what what you said about moral compass is interesting because i think like the the truest test of morality is things you do when no one is watching obviously that's a very old cliche but also things you do when you're amongst people who would not judge you for them Mm -hmm. or would do the same yeah which is basically the same right yeah and yeah it is and um i the biggest change i noticed since i like started more consciously thinking about this like yeah started following like an internal code my internal code is basically like yeah i try really not to like be mean or like even really make fun of that much just like a normal person that's why i actually love the tweet deckers is because it's like oh this is like an ai Mm-hmm. I can make fun of. Yeah, sure. Like, what? I, like, no, yeah, this is just, this was written in, like, a writer's room. Like, I don't, I don't care. This is fine. Like, this isn't even a real person's profile most of the time. Like, this is, this is like playing Sekiro for me, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, like, okay, like, you know, everyone's, everyone's, like, had someone, maybe they even, like, know them. Like, they, they've been, like, they've uh followed them forever like they they're just more often it's just like it's someone you're aware of in the periphery right Mm -hmm. it's someone that's like a friend of a friend that a few people follow or know and it's like there's something funny about them or like pompous or whatever and when you send them to a group dm like you know what you're doing it's like yeah no we're gonna shit on this guy for like an hour (laughs) it's gonna be really funny and I like in the past like two years, I've noticed myself like not really do that as much. Mm-hmm. I used to do that all the fucking time. And it's like it's a really fucking bad trait. Even if like even if the person never sees it. Like the person never sees it, but it's just like I am kind of a believer that there is you can kind of vaguely sense someone's intent or if they're like mm-hmm. being shitty to you in some way that they they can't see and it it did I'm yeah, no, and I'm I'm not perfect. Like, mm-hmm. there's still like dumb shit or shit that I think's dumb shit that I will send to like 
friends or stuff but it's like i really have tried to do it less because it's like they're also seeking the same thing we all are hopefully and it's yeah just it's, it's also like i i feel like creek nishid or someone so it's like female of me to do. I'm not gonna do <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's true. That there, you kind of um, accumulate these habits over time that made you know they they were part of what made the experience fun in the first place. But then yeah. after a while, you're kind of like, okay, well, that's a bit much, maybe at this point, kind of thing. I mean, yeah, for, yeah. yeah. Like uh, you know, I, for me, it was more like uh, for posting and stuff for years. It was just like. Uh, like a fail sunny thing to do kind of thing it was just like a mm-hmm. just like a hobby kind of thing that you're doing well not doing much else and then uh, it did get to the point where I just did it so much that I uh, I could now you know if 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 things kind of pan out I'd be writing more and stuff over the next few years and stuff and just getting more stuff out that that's more kind of like semi-professional or something like that but then you kind of at a certain point I look around and I look at all the accounts that have ban- like blocked me and all that kind of stuff and all the sort of like detritus of like of like being annoying online for years and stuff <laughs> that you're like wait a minute like uh at what point is it like uh you know i do think that people that like maybe grow up more wealthy and connected in sort of like the media circles and stuff like that i think maybe they have more of an intuition about that what they're not supposed to do from the start because it's like yeah they kind of know that it it's stuff that they should be saying in private to other people or something like that and if you're just like some jackass like me that like is just making fun of like a lot of things, it's like, okay, well, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe certain habits are better to, uh, develop over time or something. So you're not just uh, wasting hours each day, uh, you know, making jokes about Saudi Arabia or something like that in one particular way or something. So, yeah. That's what, that's what always surprised me is like, I, I did all the wrong shit basically mm-hmm. when I was starting. I was just, like, I was thinking back on it. This is something I always talk about with Wardell, where it's, like, 2016, we call 2016 our crackhead year. It's, <laughs> <laughs> like, you would just, like, do every, like, podcast and, like, media job that people ask you, and you're just doing a million things all the time, and, like, just, like, 70 hours a week of content. Mm-hmm. And, like, Jesus. I would also just, like, fight with people so much, and, like, yeah, just, like, half my timeline would just be, like, Jonathan Shade fucking kill yourself <laughs> right? yeah. and and it's like i'm surprised i got this far it maybe actually does make me think i'm like a member of the nwo and i don't know. <laughs> i knew it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure exposed yeah. <laughs> yeah the thing you're saying about habits don is something i've been thinking about lately um actually i was listening to jordan peterson uh, his appearance on Theo Vaughn recently, which just uh, apparently he's back and this is his first appearances on the Theo Vaughn show, which is that's amazing, that, which is great. <laughs> they, they have a very good reports. It's, it's pretty good. Oh, that's good. Um, but, you know, I think I like Peterson a little bit more than most people that uh, listen to the show. But uh, one thing he did say that I thought was great was he was talking about the importance of like of your like subconscious in the way that it regulates you and it actually uh determines a lot of your behavior and stuff. And so that's why it's important to have good habits uh, because you, what you're essentially doing is like you're programming your subconscious, you're programming your habitual behavior that you that comes across in the moment as second nature. You know, it's not something you can easily control. But if you kind of zoom out a little bit and you're able to identify like, this is something I'm doing that's bad, I should do it this other way instead or whatever, and it becomes a habit, then that second nature will be something that you had some control over and you had some will and hopefully you had good intentions at the time. So you're kind of, you know, reworking yourself into a better person. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just something I've been thinking about. Yeah, I find that for uh, like health stuff for me, it's very hard for me to like keep on top of stuff like that just because uh, I don't know. It, like, I think it's one of those things where it's just like a long-term mental thing where you're like, each day feels more like, you're like, okay, well, I just got to get through this kind of thing. And then you don't plan mm-hmm. ahead and stuff. But over the last year or so, I've started to feel a lot better. And that's one of the things that I find that I just had no capacity for at all was just like planning stuff. Like just being like, this is what I'm going to do this week, or this is what I need to work on or something like that. So I think, I don't know. I can kind of get that. Yeah. No, there's that's like, 
the the uh thing that helped me like in general not just with like you know not sending as many uh cruel screen caps to dms or fighting with people as much uh or just like you know generally better like physical health habits is just Mm -hmm. you know the idea that there is like some symmetry in a routine Mm -hmm. that feels good Mm -hmm. it sucks that like jordan peterson i don't hate him i like i i think the i forget actually why people got upset with him in the first place it's something bad you know no no one yelled at me i don't i legitimately (laughs) do not know but uh Trans oh, stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, okay. Was he one of those guys who was like, "I'm not going to say pronouns." Yeah, that yeah, was his was, big he, first like, thing, forced yeah. speech. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and then there was a bunch of weird stuff about lobsters or something like that. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's like a shame he said so much like just idiotic or like hateful shit because it's like I don't like I don't think any of his advice is like groundbreaking. No, but I think no. like it would be like beneficial for a lot. It's beneficial for a lot of people. Like there are some people who are just like, you know, fucked up or they like just, no one told them that it like, it feels good when you don't wake up at 2 PM. (laughs) Yeah. Which, you know, we all need to hear sometimes. I definitely need to hear it sometimes. Right. Yeah. Are you, are you getting better about that kind of stuff or? I am actually getting way better about that. Mm -hmm. I like, um, after the European tour and my like, sleep is really fucked up from that i was like all right this is ridiculous mm-hmm. like i really have to stop doing this and ever like will makes fun of me for owning an alarm clock but i legitimately couldn't wake up to my phone's alarm clock like mm-hmm. it's too quiet and i yeah i've been getting up at like it's varied like sometimes i'll get up at like seven sometimes i'll get up at like 11 but yeah it's no i'm like way happier doing that yeah that's, that's great and you've been able to get to the gym i guess now there it's yeah no it's been great i really like fucked up my back Mm -hmm. just like sweeping like three months ago and i went to uh i went to a back doctor and it must have been his like first day of being a back doctor (laughs) because i have like i have all these herniated discs and i was like well can i like lift weights can i like deadlift and he's like i don't know actually like what do you want to come again or what (laughs) (laughs) have you ever done this yeah man and uh so i was like i was very despondent for a few hours because i was like oh i guess i like can't do that anymore that's this was like one of my favorite things to do but my buddy aaron uh bertovo on twitter a lot of people know mm-hmm. him he's a really great personal trainer and a uh, strength athlete and plays rugby and stuff he's like a very smart guy about anatomy uh and i asked him about it and he was like no just like you know buy one of the you know those books that like a Navy SEAL writes about getting an injury? Yeah. I bought one of those that he recommended. And it was actually like very good. It's mm-hmm. unfortunately like those books are kind of like those recipes you get where it's like uh, it's, someone tells the story of like what it, what it was like being half French Canadian and growing, <laughs> yeah. growing yeah, up yeah. in Vermont. And like their parents got divorced and you just want to get to the Maple Squares. Because those books are like, you know – September 12th, 2001, I had just enlisted in the United States Navy, but I tore both my ACLs. I went to kill myself with a semi-automatic rifle, but uh, a crucifix got caught in the chamber. (laughs) My my stepdaughter came in, and then I became a Navy SEAL. But it's like once you get past all that, it's some very good advice about stretching and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I've just been doing that, and just doing the exact same lifts i was doing before and it feels like nothing happened to it now so i feel great i the way i figure out if i lose weight or not because i I don't like weighing myself i think it can be deceptive in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. uh is i have uh shirts i wear when i'm get fat and i have shirts that i uh, i wear when i'm in top shape and when the fat shirts are like way too big, it's like, all right, we're on the right track. <laughs> that's that's a good way to, <laughs> yeah. to tell. Yeah. Bad. yeah, yeah. I was going to the gym a bit before uh, the whole pandemic and stuff, and uh, I just found it like uh, I would do like a few minutes on the cycle or something like that, and just be like totally exhausted. So I was like, uh, maybe, maybe you have to like I don't know, ease my way into the gym eventually. I don't know or something like that. Just keep working at it slowly or something because i'm so out of shape now that it's just like i don't know i'm just like the default out of shape thing like if you left like a tamagotchi there for like 
two years or something like that, just like whatever the worst outcome is. So I'm going to have to work on that over time. But I think uh, I think that that's a good, you know, thing to work on because uh, I, I like worked out the other day just for like briefly, uh, you know, just enough that my arms were like hurting a bit and stuff. And uh, um, the next day, like my mood and stuff was so much better and stuff like right away. I don't know. Like it just felt like it was affecting me like directly. So I don't know. You know, they always tell you to do that with mental health and stuff, but it's like, I don't know, letting it sink in, I guess. Yeah. Hardest thing about working out is like going to actually do it. That's the thing. Like, I do agree with that, that like if more people and exercise can mean anything, it doesn't have to just mean going to the gym. Like just taking a long walk is, is amazing for you if you do that consistently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like, I'm someone who's like pretty consistently gone to the gym for about, like nearly 10 years now mm-hmm. and i like i'll right now i'm in a pretty good habit of it of i work out like five or six times a week depending on you mm-hmm. know how much time i have but you know i love doing it and i've been doing it for a pretty long time but that's still the hardest thing for me is like when i get up and it's like oh i have to get my shit together to like put in my gym bag and get on the fucking train and it's yeah that part sucks that's the worst yeah. part mm-hmm. and it yeah it just like it's always been that way and i don't know when people like just broadly tell people to exercise to feel better they should they should have a guide to like putting everything in your bag yeah, yeah. And leaving the house <laughs> that's the part yeah. that sucks the most that's like that's why mark Wahlberg has that gym in his house that's sure. probably that's the highest level of wealth and you know what you still if it's like 10 feet away from you you're still probably like oh i have to put on my fucking shorts (laughs) yeah yeah i have to open my fucking garage door i want to kill myself yeah yeah what i've been doing is just randomly doing push-ups and squats like just like if i have to get up to go to the bathroom i'll just do push-ups before and then use the bathroom come back do squats and then you know go back to my computer or whatever and i've been able to kind of squeeze in like five six times a day doing this kind of stuff and it's been feeling pretty good and i don't feel like uh like that kind of uh, drain that i normally would feel when i'm trying to like maintain stuff i'm really bad about like consistent like good habits like that so this is kind of helping me kind of get back towards that where i'm, I'm like feeling the benefit of it and I'm, I'm not feeling the like exhaustion of just like oh it's it's a uh, you know it's squat day or whatever you know that kind of stuff it's hard to remember to do. I mean, it's just, it's generally like, it's very difficult to get into a habit. Always. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a positive thing about it in a weird way is that you can train yourself to push beyond that, you know, it, mm-hmm. but that's like a totally separate thing from the actual benefit of like the health benefits of exercise and working out and stuff. So I'm mainly looking for that. So now I'm just doing this and it's just kind of second nature. I don't think about it. And then it doesn't feel like any kind of burden, you know, cause I'm just like, okay, time to get up. Oh, wait, let me do my pushups and then I'll go, you know? And then, mm-hmm. it, yeah. Um, so there was one more thing I wanted to talk about before we get into questions. Uh, one of the other kind of ideas that we were batting around Felix was the idea that faith is kind of structured as a joke in a way, or not faith, but, uh, human existence is kind of structured as a joke. So like there's something, even more profound about humor than just what we were talking about earlier is that the fact that there like is something rather than nothing, like those kind of basic premises that is that ground faith and religion and and things like that, that it kind of works in the same way that a joke does. Like there's a, Mm -hmm. there's certain assumptions, there's like a premise and then you get it or you don't, you know, and it kind of clicks for you or it doesn't. And you can't explain it. Like you can't explain a joke without killing the joke. You kind of can't do that with faith either. Like I think sometimes people think of that aspect of faith, meaning like, oh, well, it's just like you decide to believe it or you're brainwashed into believing it or you, you see things clearly and you don't, you don't believe. But I don't think it's quite like that. I think it's a lot more like a joke where you, either have the right perspective that allows you to understand what it means to have faith or you don't. And as someone who converted to a religion from like having no religious belief to now having some, that makes a lot more sense to me than, than the the other way of thinking about it. I think that's totally right. That's totally right. Like I, I was raised in sort of like 
you know, like typical, like very liberalized reform Judaism where it's like you don't really do anything. You, in fact, like you probably run into more people who are atheists or agnostic than people who like outright believe in God. And, you know, we definitely we would we would do like Passover and stuff. And it was definitely like part of our identity. But it's I wouldn't really call it like a belief centric belief centric lifestyle so more like much. a cultural kind of thing yeah exactly and i don't know as i got older and as i like actually sort of like you know read the tanakh as part of like going to school i went to i went to a school that's like kind of a jesuit school for whatever weird reason i did that mm-hmm. and, uh i'm very happy i did but mm-hmm. like i just i forget why i did that honestly <laughs> but i uh i yeah i read ecclesiastes for the first time and i found it really that's exactly it like i got it i got this set up and the punchline and the payoff and that's the thing it's not like i had always hated those like um i forget pascal's wager or something where it's like mm-hmm. you're, oh yeah you're yeah. trying to logic yourself into believing it i it just always rang very hollow to me yeah. because it's like okay this is either like eternal love and power and a just concepts that your brain cannot even hold the concepts of eternity and creation or it's a fucking math problem yeah it can't be both and you know when i when i read that and when i sort of like interacted with more people who who really did believe it really it sort of took a hold of me in a way and i wouldn't really call myself like a super observant person or like a highly religious person but i I'm definitely someone who believes in God, and I think you're completely right. It's not that I've sort of done a bunch of uh, logic theorems or uh, or word problems to reason why I do this or why I feel this way. It's more what was being told to me, it hit at the wavelength that uh, it, it hit me at the exact right wavelength. I got it. That's yeah, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't make me better or worse than anyone. It just, no, it's, it, I liked it. I liked what I heard. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange thing where I realized that, like, uh, many other people have had that experience or similar experiences throughout their lives, uh, but, like, billions of people over time kind of thing. It's not, like, yes. I always thought it was just, like, a, I, I mean, I thought it was just all religion was basically the equivalent of like Scientology for a while. Like I thought that it was just like it was just choosing to be psycho or something like it didn't make sense to me at all. And uh, I think once I kind of wrap my mind around that, that there is something there, it it feels like intuitively right. But then also like almost like in a cascading way, like it's like, oh, that that relates to that and that relates to that. In terms yes. of like personal experience or something, it doesn't just feel like one fact. It feels like it interlinks with everything, kind of thing. And you're like, oh. And uh, I still have a lot of times where I'm like, okay, well, that just doesn't make sense to me anymore, or something like that. Like I, I sort of like dip out of it sometimes, like in different ways. And then uh, what I what I find surprising though is that it's not like a intellectual experience where I have to like jump back in or something. It's more that like I just realize that it's such a baseline part of my life, kind of just behind everything else kind of thing. It's not, it's more, I have to remind myself that like, uh, you know, it's just part of me now or something. So I don't know. I find that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's a, no, absolutely. There's a a Hadith about someone who was very concerned about his faith because he, well, he went to the prophet and he said that when I'm at the mosque and I'm hearing your sermons and I'm with the other believers and we're praying, I feel very strongly, you know, that there is God, there is heaven and there is hell you know, I believe all this stuff very strongly. It's very real to me. But then when I leave and I go back to my everyday life, I'm with my family, I'm doing my business, all that kind of stuff. It weakens and I, I'm not so sure that I believe. So does this, what does this mean? Does this mean I, I'm a believer or not? And what he, what the prophet told him was that faith goes up and down. And if you were to have that same faith that you have in the mosque, all the time, the angels themselves would come down and shake your hand, that not even angels have this kind of strong <laughs> faith. Yeah. And uh, it, it also reminds me, there's this sort of like folk etymology about the word insan, which is the Arabic word for like hu- a human. And uh, it's not true, but it's just like this thing that people say, 
which is that it, it derives from the word for forgetting, which I forget what that is. But it basically is saying that the word for human means essentially the, like those who forget, like the, the animal that forgets. You know, people talk about the definition of humanity being like the ones who laugh, the, you know, the ones who talk or whatever. But it, in, in this idea, it's the ones who forget. And so it's the ones who forget that, that what? That there's God, basically. They forget like the real, the reality of things, you know? So... To, to me, that means like there's there's something about faith that is it's not supposed to be like this kind of like strict ideology. You just grasp it and it's there. It's it's a little bit deeper. It's a little bit more about being a human and and having everything kind of click like every, your whole existence kind of making sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think when when that happens, that's essentially it kind of overlaps with the idea of what faith means or what having faith means. It means like you kind of get why you exist a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Tom, I was thinking maybe we'll just skip the questions today and, and wrap it up, but um, if that's cool. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I appreciate you coming on Felix. Uh, it was a nice conversation. My pleasure. Yeah. And um, yeah. So uh, yeah. And uh I guess you got the time for my stories out now on Stitcher. You got anything else? I don't know. No, no, just just that. That's sure. it's kind of been nice. It's the first thing I've been able to plug in like three years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I like I hate like I kind of hate plugging stuff. I'm sure. like very bad at it. The the Chapo book like sold in spite of anything I did. Sure. As did the as did the podcast itself. But yeah, uh, I it does kind it does kind of feel nice to sure that i'm doing another thing yeah do you have like uh well, i guess you don't you don't have to tell give away the 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 um thing but like uh do you have like things that you're kind of working on long term kind of thing of like the next thing kind of thing or i do i have a couple things that i am working on right now cool. but i I, I wouldn't call it fully a superstition but i think when i say them out loud too much it causes them not to happen sure yeah, no, I yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, I'm I'm very much a person like that that I don't like to uh I don't know, give anything away, but I don't have anything to give away right now, but maybe in the future. But um always with uh, the shadowy yeah, okay. plans these people in the cabal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we got yeah, through most of the some, yeah. We're doing something we're doing so okay, I don't want to reveal too much because then it might not happen, but if you thought what we did with fluoride was crazy, wait till you see what we're doing. <laughs> All right. Sure. The real yeah. event to redstone is still alive. And I just talked to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Felix. My pleasure. All right, guys. So if you enjoyed this episode and you like a second episode of You Can't Win Every Week, you can subscribe to our Patreon for five bucks and you'll get that as well as access to our Discord where you can chat with us in our community. And if you want to send us anonymous questions, you can do that by checking out the Twitter account at You Can't Win Pod and you'll find a Curious Cat link there where you can send those questions in. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys.